want you to stay off that leg for two weeks. Two weeks? What am I supposed to do? Just sit on my ass and watch TV? That ain't my style, man. Now, Homer, there are people right through that door that have it much worse than you. <laughs> no, they don't. Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Figure Discount. This week we're here to review episode CABF16. It is Children of a Lesser Clod. I am Dando. I am Guy, and um, I was very pleased to discover that this episode was one of the most quotable uh, in my memory, at very least. I mean, uh, the word Heine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mitten! Um, no, I was, I was quite happy with this episode, I've got to say. Um, but before we sort of get into that, Dando, how are you traveling, my man? You're back at work today, yeah. weren't you? Yeah, first day back at work today, and it was fine. I've sort of taken this approach. I said to Nicola, this year, I'm not going to let work get to me. I'm not going to let anything that can happen at work get to me. I'm just going to try and stay positive as much as possible, and let's just see how 2021 pays, pans out. <laughs> how long did you make it into this first day before you rescinded that uh, whole idea? Uh, about four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> No, but uh, I was late to my first day, so that pretty much explains how my 2021 has kicked off. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, it's all going good here in the Dana household. I spent my last weekend on holidays with the family. Went out and got some fish and chips and sat down in Johnston Park here in Geelong. We got some ice cream from that local place called, I think it's called Augustus or something, just on Jeringa oh, yep. in Geelong here. Yeah, mm-hmm. gelato ice cream was um, delicious. So, yeah, it was a good, good final weekend to my holidays. How about yourself? Very nice uh, at this uh, at this end as well. Uh, the lovely Louise uh, and I and her son we um, went down to uh, Queenscliff on Saturday night. Found this nice little Mexican place by the sea. Had a delightful burrito and a cider as the sun was setting. Good times all around. Yeah, it was a, it was a. a I am <laughs> sort of back at work, uh, but not as much as you, Dana. So, but this was a nice way to sort of. I don't know. Cap off the holiday period. Yes, definitely. Now, you said you really enjoyed Children of Alyssa Claude, and I watched this thinking, oh, this episode can go one of two ways. Either home, um, uh, Guy's going to be really pissed off with the uh, the version of Homer we tend to get throughout this episode, or he's going to really enjoy it. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it, because the reviews are always much more fun when you enjoy the episode, unlike uh, Sims of Safari, <laughs> where you were just like, that was a dumpster fire, but it was. But it deservedly it deserved that re- that reaction from yourself because it was not a good episode. But this one here, I sort of got it down as a a mixed bag. So it had some really funny moments, had some very quotable moments, like you said, had some questionable moments, uh, had some rather bizarre moments. A typical Simpsons season twelve episode I've got here. Yeah, look, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of saying so and so hasn't aged well i mean but yeah look there are certain jokes in this and certain say guest appearances that are kind of like hmm that lands a bit differently now that we know the whole story um, <laughs> but uh, uh by the way i mean i don't know i like to think people might have enjoyed me being angry at the lack of quality in in uh, simpson safari who knows but uh, look, oh, i know it was it was it was very fun to listen to you were just, <laughs> you were Outraged. <laughs> I was very miffed. Um, yeah, look, I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of the, like the story of this episode. I don't think there's a whole lot to it. But yeah, just watching, it was like, oh, that's where this line comes from. Oh, oh, I remember just 
absolutely dying at that bit back in the day or whatever. I haven't. I don't think I've seen this since it aired. In all honesty, I don't think I've seen this in twenty years. Uh, but uh, yeah, there was a. Oh, there's one particular line. That, oh, yeah. Let's just cut to it. I mean, um, Homer's receiving uh, his um his good guy award or supposedly about to receive his good guy award. Uh, and he's sort of praying to God that he receives it and then just caps it up with, cause if you don't, <laughs> I just remember thinking, Oh God, 2001 era guy thought that was the funniest joke ever. <laughs> or just, a, or just a very, very funny bit, but there's a whole lot in here. I mean, um, what else did I enjoy? I mean, I think there's lines that I sort of, have either quoted a lot or I just think a good Simpsons line. I think it was where Ralph Wiggum, you know, wants to touch um, Homer's knee scar or something. And Homer's like, sure, go for the gusto. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny you say this because I never, it didn't really dawn on me, but as I was writing this, it sort of did, it did sort of come to me that I'm writing a lot of quotes down and I don't normally do that. But yeah, I just felt like it, it was. It was a very quotable episode. There was just, oh. I'm looking at my notes here and there's fucking quotes everywhere. Oh, absolutely. I mean, just um, when the doctored film was showing at the awards and, uh, you know, Homer's uh, chasing Bart down the street, I'll mace you good. <laughs> and oh, it's also, I mean, look, actually, I won't cut to that because when we start talking about our favourite parts, I'll, that's what I'll talk about. But uh, yeah, there was certainly a line in there as well that I find um, yeah, extremely quotable. But also, you know, even stuff that's a bit weak now, like um, like the homeboy sort of leaning on the uh, on the doorway saying, it'll take you from proper to slapper. So, uh, yeah, or slopper to proper, you should say. Oh, excuse me. Oh, God, I've written it backwards. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that's the Guy Davis way, from proper to slapper. <laughs> hey, my favourite. <laughs> I'm like, oh God, God, I'm like the opposite of a charm school. Um, this is an appearance by a character that I like. He's not in it a whole lot, but I think he sort of brings on the table when he arrives. It's Arnie Pie. Um, oh, how good was it? Arnie's great. I mean, first of all, I just like the gag. I mean, it's just one of those, it's, you know, his name's Arnie Pie. He's the helicopter reporter, but they, you know, so, you know, his his segment is called Arnie in the Sky. When his nickname's Pi, you'd naturally think it's Pi in the Sky, but of course they go with Arnie in the Sky because they're so they're so dumb. I mean, I think that's hilarious. <laughs> well, they, 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 they usually do say Arnie Pi in the Sky. They're not saying that this time. Well, yeah, no, I think they usually say it's Arnie Pi with Arnie in the Sky. It's like, oh, do they? Okay, yes, of course. I think they've yeah. done that at least once before. And I sort of, yeah, me being very smart, picked up. So, Why don't they just call it Pi in the Sky? <laughs> and it's like, oh, wait a minute. Yes, that, that. <laughs> oh, you Simpsons guys. <laughs> you got me good that time. Uh, but yeah, his whole appearance in this one where he's just very sort of disgruntled and wants a bit of fame for himself for a change. And it all culminates with my favourite bit. I can't see through metal, Kent. <laughs> <laughs> what did you enjoy out of this episode, Dan? I, so I was surprised that was your favourite moment. Because I thought your favourite moment would be the same as my favourite moment, where Homer goes, look, a bear! <laughs> and, then a, and then a bear appears on screen. <laughs> that is actually pretty... It's one of those ones that sort of happens so so quickly, and I guess sort of subtly, that you kind of like, wait, what? And then it's gone. So it's like, yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> but, it's, just, yeah it's just the, the usual... It, it reminded me of like Devil's Advocate, but it's like, you think Homer is just saying, look, a bear, to distract Hibbert, to get away so he can not pay his bill. And then he collapses in the pain, and then a bear walks into the shot. I'm like, that's fucking great. That's it's the a, kind of thing you can only do with an animated show. <laughs> it's a nice bit of absurdity, although, I mean, it's 
I, I will take issue with you on that, Dando, because um, I bring up the name Shane Black occasionally, one of my favourite filmmakers, and uh, one of the best gags in his film, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. He's had his hero shot multiple times. You think, oh, well, no, he's going to check out. And then, but if the hero, played by Robert Downey Jr., has this voiceover, he says, what, do you think they're going to kill the fucking hero of the movie? No, of course, I'm fine. Here I am in hospital bed. I'm hurt, but I'm fine. And he's, then he starts talking about, but fuck it, let's bring everybody back. You know, and then they start bringing all these characters who um, have died during the film just coming, start coming through his hospital door to pay him a visit and say hello. It's like the end of Return of the King, you know, when everybody shows up. It's like, fuck it, let's just bring Abraham Lincoln back. And then Abraham Lincoln walks through the door. <laughs> so was that, was that movie meant to be was that a comedy I thought it was more of an action movie it's an action comedy let's say but okay. yeah very very funny yeah so um, uh, so, but, sorry I don't mean to sort of go off on a bit of a sidetrack but uh, yeah but the, no the bear joke was very very funny indeed um, so th- another joke that I thought was funny we might as well talk about it now although we could talk about it during the view maybe we'll do both was the whole Cosby pudding bit on kids say the darndest things because I think a, a fair few people have tended to um, drag that one on occasion. Pokemon! We're with the Pokey and the Bard and the... The impersonation up until like two years ago was always just like beloved by Simpsons fans. It was oh, just absolutely. like, the Pokey and the Bard and the... Are we wrong to laugh at that now? No, because I guess they're taking the piss out of Bill Cosby, so it's okay, right? I think a bit, yeah, because I mean... I think Cosby had that kind of thing where it's, oh, you put the pudding in the pop or whatever. I, 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 I don't think I've ever seen the actual pudding pop ad with Bill Cosby on it. But uh, yeah, Well, well Eddie Murphy take, does a really great impression um, during Raw. He does. Yeah, that's right. I haven't seen Raw in a long time, but I do remember him sort of, yeah, taking it out of Bill. My wife, Camille, and my five children. And he was ragging on Eddie and Richard Pryor for swearing or something. It was like, hey, Bill, have a Coke and a smile and shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> Next question. You there, eating the paste. Trivia for this week, Mr. Davis. What do you got for me? Want me to kick off? Okay, then fine. You do it. All right. What is the percentage less stank at the YMCA? Oh, man. I'm going to go 43%. You're very close, but in, the, in another time, in another way, you are not. It's 30%. Oh, nowhere near it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could have said like 200% less stank. I mean, you're close-ish. I was, I was close-ish, yes. Okay, uh, my first question me. is, how do you fix the webcast? Oh, man. <laughs> That's a tough one. That's What was it? Alt-Control-Delete-Backslash-An-Escape? Well, you, you ha- you've said them just in the wrong order, but if you can say the, the last one, so I, I'll give you, so dot is one of them. You've said alt, control, backlash, escape, and there's dot, and there's one more. If you can get the one more, I'll give you two points. Oh, my God. Um, I already said backslash, didn't I? Yep. <laughs> They're about the only ones I know. Hang on, I'm looking at my, I'm currently looking at my laptop. What other ones have you got here? Um, shift? <laughs> no, semicolon. Nearly oh, got okay. it. <laughs> semicolon. That was actually how you had to sort of work with the internet back in the day. I and mean, it's like, oh, shit's fr- frozen up. Uh, okay, yes, hit hit these ten keys in this order. Oh God, it was a, it was a very dated, it was a very two thousand and one gag. But it's just funny to look back and to see how far technology has just evolved since then. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, um, no, nobody would be watching this award show on television anymore. They'd all be streaming it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's funny, like you know. A few years ago, people were like, oh, God, I was watching these 90s movies when they had, you know, like, oh, 
when they were using the internet, like the net or copycat or something like that. Oh my God, it's so ridiculous. And now we're sort of making fun of, you know, further things as we go along. I mean, it's only going to be a while before we start making fun of the early days of, um, of, uh, of Twitter and, and Facebook and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I don't know if you – did you sort of – were you an early adopter of Facebook at all or, or anything like that? I, well, I joined up in 2006. I'm not sure if that was early or not. I think that's pretty early because I think I was around 2008. But, I mean, did you ever like, you know, if you made a post, it was sort of like Guy Davis is such and such and you maybe write something like, I don't know, <laughs> as what's his name says in Zombieland, gearing up for the weekend or Guy Davis is – eating a tasty burger or something along those lines. And it wasn't really sort of just writing. You weren't losing it like a blog. You were sort of using it as a, a running sort of uh, schedule of what you were doing that day or what you were doing at that present moment. Did you ever do that? I honestly can't even remember. I just remember I used to poke people a lot. Oh. <laughs> and then you got onto Facebook. <laughs> so there was the feature where, yeah, you know, you'd poke somebody. It was like, oh, hi. And so if you, if you like somebody, you, you'd poke them and then hope that they poke you back. Kind of like the early uh, swapping right for Tinder. A bit like that, yeah. I remember I got poked by, um, yes, a girl I had a crush on at school. I'm like, ooh, where's this going? <laughs> <laughs> she, po- she, poked, she poked me, Jerry. She poked me. <laughs> um, so what's your next question? Um, which hospital porno uh, struck hi- uh, Homer as a possibly delightful romp? Oh, how good was that delightful romp? Um, <laughs> Dr. Screwlittle. Dr. Screwlittle, indeed. <laughs> Does sound <pornos>. delightful. <laughs> Back when you had to pay for porn. True. <laughs> now it's just everywhere. Pick it up on the street. I remember when we first got what we called a gold card here in Australia when we had the Foxtel, I think it was called Galaxy even back then. Yes. Um, yeah, it was like, a, like the magic card that unlocked every channel, including the adults only. It was like, whoa. <laughs> no more paying for this. So we... Uh, well, maybe spiritually. Next, yes. My next question is, according to Homer, who tore his ACL? So who was responsible for Homer tearing his ACL? According oh. to Homer. Nope, sorry, blanking out completely. George Jetson. Oh, of course, that's right. He had his, his had his uh, morphine fantasy where he, um, <laughs> yeah, slam dunked, uh, slam dunked Saturn. A lot of basketball in this episode. A lot of there was uh, a lot of basketball. Yeah, yeah. When when did space? Oh, yeah, Space Jam was like ninety six, wasn't it? Or ninety seven? It was ninety six. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Then yeah. Uh, the Good Guy Awards. What did the New York Times call them? Oh, I have no idea. What did they call them? <laughs> According to the Billboard, pointless. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. <laughs> what what award show isn't pointless these days? Well, I, mean, I, I, I tell you about there is there is some that are important. Let's, let's name two: <laughs> the Guy Davis New Name Championships. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, let's just name that twice. I don't know. I used to well, be, the, Nobel, the Nobel Peace Prize is pretty important. Okay, <laughs> yes. Um, I don't know, it's a sad thing. I mean, I was never. I certainly liked watching the Oscars. Uh, even up until recently, and yeah, the Logies as well. But I don't know, it seems like sort of award ceremonies are kind of on the way out. I mean, if you listen to, you know, behind the scenes uh, reporting or gossip about them, they're just, you know, shedding viewers left and right. I mean, the Oscars telecast in the US and I guess around the world just is losing like maybe two or three million like viewers a year or something, or maybe, maybe that's a bit much, but they're certainly like losing viewers by a staggering percentage every time. It's a bit of a shame, really. I, I don't mind a good awards ceremony. The Golden Globes is a good one, mainly because he can drink. 
And um, yeah. yeah, that's true. And I have a bit of sort of tongue in cheek, have poke a bit of fun. But I think with award ceremonies, it's now that we have the ability to just go, hey, Google, tell me who won all the awards. You don't have to watch you. Like, it's, who wants to sit through three hours of people making speeches? It's like, eh. I don't yeah, know. People have more important things to do with their time now. Like, if you wanted to find out who won, you used to have to watch it or watch the news after it finished or whatever. But now you can just go on Google and just find out in a matter of seconds. Yeah, or you just sort of stay on Twitter or Facebook or whatever during the... Particularly in Australia where, you know, we used to have sort of have to wait the whole day and they would broadcast That's it at night. That's true, yeah. Yeah, and, um, you know, now it's like, okay, I'll just, you know, get on Twitter and someone's going to be live streaming it or whatever and uh, or, you know, live tweeting it or, or, or whatever. And, uh, yeah, so you don't really do it that way anymore. We sort of adopted when it comes to TV viewing. We've just taken that model of um, we've taken Homer's model. Can't someone else do it? <laughs> so, so someone else will watch it for us and tell us the results. That's all we need to do now. Pretty much the case. Pretty much the case. All right. Uh, did you have another uh, question? Yes. Or- my my final question. My mm-hmm. final question. Who are the three nominees for the biggest people pleaser? Okay, it's uh, Principal Skinner, mm-hmm. Mother Teresa Junior. Mm-hmm. And who's the first one? I want to... It's not Sideshow Mel, is it? No. Think of the biggest people pleaser in Springfield. Oh, is it Ned Flanders? It is Ned Flanders, yes. Oh, he, storm, he storms out in a rage when he doesn't win. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was surprised. This is going to make me sound incredibly stupid, but I didn't realise when it was a female that they would also be called Junior. Oh, yeah. You mean if it's a oh so so just say renamed Holly Nicola. I didn't realize she would be Nicola Junior. I thought I only worked for the male side. That's a really good point. I'm trying to yeah recall if I've ever seen any like you know Margaret Davis Junior or anything like that. Just to sorry grab the first name that um, leapt in my head. My mum's name, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I don't think. I mean, I'm sure it exists, and I'm sure. You know, with, with even just a cursory bit of research, we'd find someone. But, yeah, you see so many, like, you know, Robert Downey Juniors or Sammy Davis Juniors or whatever. But, uh, yeah, not that many female juniors. I've just Googled female version of junior. There is no feminine equivalent of junior. This fact likely being a rather chauvinistic throwback to the fact that men of an earlier generation were more interested in naming their sons after them than having their wives name their daughters after them. Mm. So, oh. yeah, all, oh, so girls are also named Junior. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Nice work, patriarchy. Good on you. Uh, so, let's get into our review, shall we, of Children let's. of a Lesser Squad. What do you think? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. We'll be right back, guys, after this quick break. Four Finger Discount is brought to you by our incredible $20 patrons Mr. Jordan Moleman, Richie, Nick Barbaro, Andrew Zer, Christopher Darby, Chris Malion, Will Manthorpe, Ben Smith. Noah Daniel, Matt Thompson, Mark Boston Burgess, Alex Rodriguez, Tom Pickering, Kane Von Nagy, Josh Hedge, Sean Devey, Keith Nedham, Sam Bennett, Timothy Burleson, Brandon Twitchell, Nick James Bitch, Cal McDonald, Shannon Hofer, Nicole Catalina Wine Mixer, George McMenemy, Zach Pruitt, Jonathan Rossi, and Adam Sanderson. Thank you so much, guys, for your ongoing support. Also, shout-outs to our new $5 plus patrons. We have Bryce Strobach, Ashley Kay, and Rob Wagner-Else. Remember, if you want to get your name read out in the podcast, you just got to be a $5 plus patron at patreon.com slash four-finger discount. But for now, let's get into our review of Children of a Lesser Clod. 
Okay, Children of a Lesser Clod originally aired on May 13th, 2001. The chalkboard gag today is not Mothra's Day, and the cash <laughs> gag is the family are crash test dummies, and after the crash, Homer's head falls off due to the trauma. Indeed. I think that board gag, look, it, <laughs> it's okay, but it's, I think it's a fun insight into what it must be like in the writer's room. Because I bet someone just sort of threw that one away, or, you know, they were working on it in the car on the way over or something. It's like, hey, Mother sounds a bit like Mothra. And they sort of, I bet they sort of threw it in like they just came up with it on the fly, like, hey, instead of Mother's Day, how about Mothra's Day? <laughs> Anyone goes, just come up with that? Yes, I did. Um, and, you know, it's, 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 be honest, everyone's, you've, we've all done that at some point, come up with a gag and try to make it out like we didn't just come up with it. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, um, I, oh, I think my dad said this gag at some stage um, or he ripped it off someone because my yeah, my dad was a big aficionado of sort of reading and, and watching old comedy routines and then sort of pinching lines from them to, you know, pass off of his own. It's like, yeah, good on you, Dad. I don't blame you for that. Um, but I think he said something about, uh, yeah, so-and-so spent three hours practicing, practicing his ad-libs. It's like... Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It's a bit of it's a bit of a nasty burn. It's a good one. So I think I think Mothra's Day is kind of like that. It's like, yeah, you know, this isn't good enough to um to make it into the episode in any way, but we can throw it away on the um on the board gag. Yes, definitely. I I, I feel like the chalkboard gags have sort of been declining in quality, but we do have we have had a couple of good ones this season. I will say that. I think so too. So the episode kicks off with everybody at the YMCA. They've got like an open night, giving everybody a bit of an insight, a sort of a taste of what they can expect if they sign up to the YMCA uh, classes. But obviously, he even he's aware that no one's actually going to sign up. They're just, they've just all come for the freebies. Yep. <laughs> so this episode kicks off once again, like a very season 12-esque episode, where the first five minutes or so, it is a bunch of different gags that sort of that eventually get to set up the story. So this one is just a bunch of... Different people, different residents of Springfield trying out different classes at the YMCA. Dando. Kind of like when you go to the book festival, kind of like when you go to the... the well, it wasn't last week, though, at the ice cream festival thing. It's just the same thing every week. Absolutely. Having said that, I'm, I may be wrong here, you may disagree, but I, I actually stopped the episode to, just to see when, you know, the story kind of really kicked in. And it's not until 11 minutes, it's basically halfway through the episode that um, it's like... Oh, okay. This is the one where Homer runs a daycare center. <laughs> yeah, I well, mean, it's, it's, it, the reason for that would be because I read on the wiki page that Al Jean had a bunch of different ideas that he wanted to do, but none of them could sort of make up an entire episode. So he crammed them all into the one. So it's like this is like three episodes sort of all jumping up into one. So this wasn't really just the Homer runs a daycare episode. It's the Homer gets hurt playing basketball episode. Yeah. There's all, all these other things that sort of blend into it's like three stories are sort of like one continuous story yeah. but yeah I, I know you mean like it's meant to be the Homer daycare episode but like I, I remember when that when Bart and Lisa say we're going to get our revenge I'm like something the episode's nearly finished you know what I mean like yeah. I, I, and I feel like it's only been going for like three minutes or four minutes this, this daycare <laughs> moment like we only had like two scenes in the actual daycare like it, it's it's just funny because you look back as this at, at the daycare episode but there's actually not that much daycare in it I know, I know. It's, it's funny that it is kind of piecemeal in that way. I mean, maybe that's why I was thinking, oh, like, it's not that strong a story, but there's a lot of good bits in it. It's sort of, it is less mm. than the sum of its parts, but its parts are fun. Yeah. It's pieces. <laughs> <laughs> as far as Aussie references it gets, but if like, seriously, people, if you haven't looked up GMHBA commercial from the 90s with the Crocodile Kid, you're doing yourself a disservice. Make sure the, you do it. The real Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. 
So, uh, what are the different classes we got? Burns and Grandpa are playing. They're playing basketball, right? They are. Which I'm. I'm. I'm assuming that yeah, back in the day, you didn't actually have like a um, the net. a hole for it to go through. I think you just threw it into a into a peach basket or something, and then had to get it down. Maybe that's. Maybe that is the case. I'm not sure. We then have uh, an American voicing uh, an angry Russian. <laughs> So we have Coach Coach Lugash uh, doing gymnastics with his little girls. So he is apparently a take on somebody, Coach Lugash. And I don't know how to pronounce the name, but it is he was a Russian, uh, Romanian American gymnastics coach, Hungarian okay. boy. So it's like was he the guy who taught Nadia Comaneci and all those guys? He did. He did. I'm just looking to hear. You're right. Yep. Yeah, for people of my vintage, she was like the um, she was the big deal in gymnastics back in oh god. I mean, I was, I was like a literal child when, when this happened. I think she was in like the 76 Olympics. She was the ant's pants of gymnastics. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, and she was like, you know, I don't know, 14 or 15 again. <laughs> Come to Guy Davis for <laughs> unsubstantiated, <laughs> you know, speculation and, you know, half thought, half figured out facts. But, yeah, Nadia Homnich was like the big deal in gymnastics back in the 70s. And I think this guy, Karolyi, or however you, however you pronounce his name, Something of a tyrant, but God damn it, he got results. Yo, boy, this class is tight. You go from slapper to proper. Cool. <gasps> Welcome to my etiquette class, the proper young man. But the black man said, Are you accusing my husband of misleading you? Good gracious, I should bust a cap in your ass. What are your thoughts on Bart saying, But the black guy said, Eh, <laughs> Probably unnecessary. I think that that whole bit was a bit kind of a bit lazy. In all honesty, it's one of those things you'll probably remember. It's like in the wedding singer, for instance, where you've got like the rap and granny. You know, it was always very, very funny for a period there to have um, old white ladies, you know, sort of speaking in African American vernacular and tone. Actually, that goes way back to the eighties. That goes back to um, that great movie, Flying High. I mean, it's it's yeah, it's stuff that wouldn't fly now. But I mean, you've got. Um, uh, two gentlemen, uh, two African American gentlemen on the plane who are speaking, yeah, basically jive talk, and uh, the wait the stewardess can't understand them, and this old white lady, I think it's like the mum from Leave It to Beaver from that classic American kind of mm-hmm. sitcom, um, comes and says, "Excuse me, stewardess, I speak jive," and you know, and then starts sort of say, "Yo, brother, what's up?" <laughs> and yeah. I think that it was certainly the first time that I saw that gag, and I thought, oh, that's actually pretty funny. Um, and then it just got run into the ground, and uh, I think the Simpsons may have shoveled the final bit of dirt on the grave with this particular rendition of that gag here. I feel like Flying High is your basis for all comedy. <laughs> it kind of was, um, in a lot of ways, because, yeah, I, I've used the term joke density in the past where you've just got gag after gag after gag being thrown at you, and that's what Flying High is. And I mean, the the one of the reasons it's got such staying power, certainly among you know Generation Xs like myself, is that uh, so many of them hit as well. It's got a really, you know, solid hit miss ratio. Not there's not many misses in Flying High. Well, after we review Soul, maybe we can review Flying High next. What do you reckon? That's a very good idea. Uh, so we got Skidder and Lenny. They're the captains of the basketball teams. We've got Frank <laughs> Frank with his flubber. Lenny and Carl, I like the sound of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Frank with his Flubber. Did you ever see Flubber? I remember going to the movies to see it. And even when I was like seven, I remember thinking, this isn't very good. <laughs> yes. I mean, um, well, it's a remake of a um, 
of another Disney movie from like the 60s or something called The Absent-Minded Professor. Yes. Um, who invents flubber. Um, and, you know, when they read the remake, it's like, well, you know, Absent-Minded Professor doesn't necessarily make you think of a fun time out at the movies, but flubber it certainly does. So they called it flubber. And then they cast Robin Williams. Uh, as much as we all love Robin Williams now, there was certainly a period in the late 90s, early 2000s where it's like, dude, this is a bit much. <laughs> Yeah. You, you, would you throw Bicentennial Man into that basket? I, I certainly would. Uh, Patch Adams, I would probably throw in there as really? well. Really? See, I have. I honestly have not seen Patch Adams, but everyone tells me, well, not everyone, but some people tell me that it's, it's good. It's a bit much for mine. It's, uh, yeah, it's a little too sort of sickly sweet. But, you know, okay. in the middle of all that, he threw in his um, performance in Goodwill Hunting that won in the Oscar. So, uh but I think Flubber came out at maybe even the same year. So it's kind of like, eh, okay. Well, well, Flubber came out in 97. When did Goodwill Hunting Goodwill come Hunting's out? 97 as well. Yep. Okay, yeah. there you go. Yeah. How, how can yeah. He, it's crazy how it just shows the wide spectrum of his acting, isn't doesn't it? You know, oh, child, absolutely. Childish yeah. kids film for Disney and then Goodwill Hunting. But, man, I actually said this to Nicola recently. I said, it sounds silly, but I feel like a piece of me disappeared when Robin Williams passed away because he was such a big part of my childhood. That's oh yeah, that's wholly understandable. Oh, I mean, yeah, he was, um, and someone like that who's you know a legitimate comic genius. Yeah, I mean, you, you sort of feel blessed to have been around in the time that they were around. Even, I mean, and I, I mean, I feel guilty even saying, oh yeah, he, he was also attached to a fair bit of crap, and you know, he sort of you know he had a tendency to give into his worst instincts sometimes. But yeah, you know, the fact that he no. It's a you know it's an indisputable fact that he was just an absolute comic genius you know a, a, an absolute sort of powerhouse so uh, yeah it's it's wholly justified in feeling like you know a bit of you went when he went because you know he gave so much to so many people yeah it was like it was like a comfort blanket you know <laughs> oh god yeah did I tell I told you I met him didn't I? I'm sure I'm sure yeah, ha- happy story. happy feet too was that right. It was for Happy Feet too. Man, that's so, incredible. Yeah, I, I, you, you could tell me every week that you spoke to Robin Williams, and I never get sick of hearing it because it's just amazing. <laughs> <laughs> the lovely Louise sort of um, poked fun at me on because on Christmas Day, I think um, I told sort of uh, <laughs> yes, guys, celebrity meeting stories to two different members of the family because it was a yeah. Um, whatever, but I sort of used the same gag beforehand about, you know, uh, put on your hard hats, people, because I'm about to drop some names. Mm, <laughs> and, yeah. she said, and she said, you used that one before. I said, well, did I now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think you've used it about nine times on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, you know, a, a good gag is worth repeating. It so is, exactly go. right. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so Wolf Castle is there. I, I What I liked about this was that he's just doing the, the cliche push-ups. Oh, hi there. Like you didn't know they were there. <laughs> I did not see you there. So Wolf Castle here though, where he says he's going to turn into a nature reserve to hunt man, I was like, ugh, whatever. <laughs> that, that was more like the head-scratching moments. There was a few head-scratching moments for me in this episode. I was just like, eh. I mean, oh. hunt, hu- hunting people who are poachers, I get. <laughs> for just hunting people for stealing basketballs, whatever. But anyway, so Lenny takes his basketball and goes home because he gets fouled. The chase begins. Yes, I did like I did like his little gasp as he realizes that you know he's in Rainier Wolfcastle's sight. Ah. Whoa! You demand, Carl. I believe you can fly. Boy, I am so sick of everyone assuming I'm good at basketball because I'm African American. Uh, uh, uh. Go, Carl. 
Go, Carl. It's my birthday. It's my birthday. 3P. You got mail, baby. Willie wearing no underpants never ceases to uh, give me enjoyment. <laughs> That's between you and your God. <laughs> that is yeah, that is true. Uh, then we get Homer's secret plan. This almost made my favorite moments. Homer's like, you take Grand Super Willie. No way, I'm not taking Grand Super Willie, man. Are you a team player or not? <laughs> uh, but his secret plan actually would have been a good plan if he didn't get his leg caught. You know, he jumps on Skinner, gets his leg caught, and tears his ACL. Now, this injury wasn't really on my radar until I reckon maybe the last five to ten years where it seems AFL players are tearing their ACL all the time now. Yeah, I, knees are a fragile part of the anatomy. My uh, my lovely sister Edwina, um, very sporty uh, young lady back in the day, played a mm. lot of netball, all that kind of stuff, did a lot of running. She she held she had set running records that were held for like 20, 25 years in Geelong. Um but she buggered up her ACL um, at, at Nepal and she had to have like multiple operations on it. It just seemed like the most painful and inconvenient thing. Yeah, AC. Oh, I'm I'm in sort of constant terror of. It's probably my second most feared leg injury after the Achilles tendon, of course. Oh, the Every, Achilles! I, that's a shocker. Yeah, I've never, I've never. Quick, touch some wood. Oh God, yeah, find some wood to touch. Ooh. <laughs> but yeah, after that, the knee just seems like oh. Poor knees. We're then at the hospital, and Hibbert is giving some morphine to Homer to help him remember the story of how he tore his ACL. He remembers it just like it was yesterday, although it was earlier today. But this is the thing. Earlier today, what time were they at the ACL? I swear it was nighttime when they, when they in the opening shot. That's what I thought as well. Anyway. <laughs> so we get the uh, the dream sequence of, of George Jetson hitting his knee. The family are then all watching the surgery, and Marge, if he gets one more surgery, she gets a free hysterectomy. Hibbert is now saying that Homer will he will recover, um, and it's basically this is the, the bear moment, which I just absolutely, I just thought it was great. <laughs> just, I think what I loved about it was it just it completely caught me off guard, and I was just not expecting it at all. We come back for commercial, and that Homer's leaving the hospital, and Hibbert says it's going to take him two weeks to recover. And Homer saying, you know, what's he supposed to do for two weeks? Sit around watching TV. That's not what he normally does. I did really <laughs> enjoy the. It's a joke here, but I love the Homer. People in there have it far worse than you. No, they don't. <laughs> uh, so Homer is then watching everyone else have fun. I think we've got Carl on a pogo stick and Lenny's doing something. Mrs. Simpson, can Homer come out and play? Now, Homer won't be able to play for a long time. Uh. Could you make me some jello? You show Barney Gumble. There we get uh that's grandpa. And he's making fun of Homer because the kids have all other things to do rather than hang out with Homer. Grandpa sort of makes fun of him at the start and then explains how he can pass the time. Here was another uh questionable moment. Making friends with a Chinese man and naming him ping pong. Well, yeah, I mean I think you'd say that's more a joke at grandpa's expense than anything else, but uh yeah, particularly with my my name's Craig. But <laughs> um yeah, still. A bit iffy. <laughs> Homer uh, tries to breed the cat with the dog, which just goes absolutely nowhere. And then- True, but, you know, he, he sets the scene well. He puts on, you know, Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On, and, mm. you know, he offers, uh, you know, some good advice as he looks down the sack. That's not how you do it. I mean, I did remember that bit from my initial viewing and thought that was actually quite good. I mean, if you're, if you're hoping to get it on, Marvin Gaye is the key to success. Almost certainly. <laughs> <laughs> Flanders then walks in with Rod and Todd and he's asking if they can watch or if or he's asked for Marge and Homer Marge is out 
if they can watch Rod and Todd because he's got tickets to a Christian rock concert. This is pretty <laughs> damn funny. <laughs> Chris Rock. <laughs> Chris Rock in concert. That, this promises to be one wholesome evening. <laughs> uh, then uh, I did love that. Oh, it's finally good to talk to another human being. Stupid Flanders. So then <laughs> the whole Marge identifying a body. At, at first I thought, thought, what is the fucking point of this? But then it dawned on me because you need Homer to be babysitting the kids by himself. I'm like, okay. True, yes. Um, and it's always funny seeing Mormon in shitty situations. So Homer, <laughs> Homer then says he'll babysit the kids. They're eating jelly and candy sandwiches and watching, watching the boxing, I think. Mm. And I, this moment here I could really relate to because I think everyone remembers the first time when they say, oh, mum and dad, when you, when you say to somebody, mum and dad said we can't do that. And they go, mum and dad aren't here, are they? You're like, ah. oh, you're right. They're not. Mm. <laughs> the floodgates I, are down. Let's go for it. I can't recall any situations like that where I've sort of had a babysitter who was like, eh, well, we'll, we'll bend the rules this time or eh, forget the rules tonight. I don't think I ever had that. I think I probably had some quite strict babysitters. Well, I remember the first time it happened, not to me, but my cousin. So my cousins grew up in a very religious family. And they had to go to bed at, I think it was 7, maybe even 6.30 on the dot, whether it was daylight savings or not, curtains down so like so you could, couldn't see anything, like blacked out like every night. You know, it was horrifying. So wow. I, remember, I still remember my cousin Jared staying at our place one night. And we'll, like I, it must have been 6.30 because the Simpsons finished. And he goes, all right, it must be time for bed. And I said, why? And he goes, well, mum and dad always make us go to bed at 6.30. And my dad, my dad said, well, mum and dad aren't here, are they? And he was just like, it was like his whole world changed. He was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you better can stay up later? And then we just got to stay up to like 9, you know, 9, 9.30, whatever, watching Simpsons playing PlayStation. And he still talks about that to this day. He's like, that was one of the greatest nights ever. You know? <laughs> <It's> like- <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so nice. Now, my good man, what do you like to play? Pokemon. Pokemon? Pokemon with the pokey and the man in the thing with the guy comes out of the thing and he likes to fall off of that. The kids have had an absolutely great time and uh, Homer enjoyed it since his kids are sick of hearing all his stories. You know, he appreciates some new kids on the scene who he can retell all of his stories, kind of like you retelling your, your setup for your jokes over and over again. <laughs> That's precisely why you exist, Dando. This is that's the, the reason you're here. The reason you're on this earth. <laughs> the, kids, the, uh, the kids want Homer to babysit them all the time. Can Mr. Simpson watch us every day? Oh, Roddy, he's not running a daycare center. Don't tell me what I'm not doing. So you are running a daycare center? Oh, you'd like that, wouldn't you? Well, I sure would. It would give the boys a place to go after school. Then I'll do it, just to see the look on your face. And it's, just, it's smiling. <laughs> <laughs> so we're now got the daycare. It's open. All happened very, very quickly. I don't think. How did Homer get his license, by the way? See, this is the thing. This whole this story, in a sense, like the whole Homer running his daycare, could have been, in my opinion, you could have fleshed this out a bit more. Had it a full length episode because we didn't see him getting his license. We didn't see any of that kind of stuff. He's just got his license and the daycare's open. Um, mm. He's put Marge's name on the sign for legal reasons. Then we get Millhouse and Ralph. As you mentioned earlier, they want to see their. The gross out knee, the gross out knee, and it's uh, healing over Ralph's hand. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit Stephen Kingy that whole bit. Who knows you're afraid? A boo. Oh, I've got a boo. I've written a boo here. <laughs> <laughs> a, a poo drops off his kids. Are there any medical things I should know about? Probably. <laughs> it runs off. I can totally relate to a poo right here. We're then at the hospital, and Homer has made a magical recovery. This is this is the thing. Like it all feels a bit rushed, don't you think? Like there's too much. 
setup at the YMCA where, like, you know, Homer's knee is just magically healed. And it's like, oh, okay. I swear it was only injured about two minutes ago in the episode. But anyway. I know. And it so, looked like a genuinely painful injury as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. So, he's, he's, he credits his fast recovery to his work with children. And then he asks for more morphine. Baby Gerald um, is being babysitted by Homer. Even he gets sick of peekaboo. And this is where Bart and Lisa start to notice, hey, Homer's spending more time with the kids um, than he's ever spent with us. He's being nice to them. Here's the thing, though. When have Bart and Lisa, at the start of the episode, Homer wanted to spend time with them and they were too busy for him. But now they're annoyed that Homer wants to spend time with other kids and be nice to them. It's like, I don't know. It I didn't think the- Bart and Lisa were portrayed all that well in this episode. It is the underlying irony of this episode, Dando. Yeah, you, know, you don't know. Like- you don't know what you want till it's gone. That's definitely right. Yeah. So, I, I, and the whole ending, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. So, but basically, this is where Bart and Lisa start to get a bit sort of jealous uh, because they because they see Rod and Todd getting a torch song. So, what, what's the song called? All that there is. That's all I've written. It, the song is called "Is That All There Is," made famous by the torch singer Peggy Lee. Okay. Yeah. So Homer sings that to Rod and Todd, and Bart and Lisa are very very jealous of this. They are. I mean, well, the Simpson kids are. Used to parenting that's all burping and neglect. One of my favourite lines from this episode, by the way. Very indicative of how I sort of, um, you know, I think three out of four girlfriends uh, of mine will say that's what relationship with me is like, all burping and neglect. (laughs) Uncle Homer, will you sing that crazy song we love? (laughs) Okay. Is that all there is? Is that all there is? If that's all there is, my friend, then let's keep dancing. I can't remember the last time Dad sang us a torch song. Yeah. Hey, Homer, I thought you were only going to do this daycare thing till your knee was better. Yes, but then I discovered the joys of raising children. What about us? Don't worry, honey. You'll have children of your own someday. Then you'll know my joy. So we're now at the school and uh, Milhouse has been given a temporary tattoo of, of Homer and Ralph. <laughs> now, I've, I've read on the wiki page that they, the animators needed a reason for Ralph to leave the scene. So they had him distracted by a butterfly. But I'm like, <laughs> did, it, did, did you really need that? Because I'm pretty sure he could just walk off. <laughs> yeah, or, or just have him sit there because there's like one more line yeah. said by Milhouse and that's the end of the scene. I'm like, okay. <laughs> if it was that necessary for you guys to have that, then so be it. Uh, there was a really funny line here that I think we know your dad a little bit better than you do, but and apparently that's something that happened to Mike Reese in real life when he was a bit oh. younger. If you're happy and you know it, say you swear. Boobs. Heiny. Mitten. <laughs> so Bart and Lisa are annoyed upstairs because Homer's, you know, the kids are having so much fun with, with Homer and how dare those kids enjoy our father. Even though we don't want to enjoy him, they're not allowed to enjoy him either. So, home, but I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just still laughing about about the term Heine. It never really took off in Australia, did it? Probably not the UK either. But our US friends will, uh, will of course, be familiar with it. But I just, it's, it just strikes me as a really funny word to use for butt. Yeah, I was going to say I've always found it as a very like uh, a word that you can use that isn't too offensive. You know, like it's not in America they say fanny, right, for bum. You can't say that yes. here. But the word oh. "hiney," it's just a funny word to say. It is, and well, I mean, it's not necessarily swearing. I mean, it just seems like it's a. Like, a, a it's a like sh- schmuckluck. It's like hindquarters. That's I mean. Yes. That's, I think it's basically <laughs> what it's referring to. So you know, it's actually medically correct. You know, <laughs> or you can just go all Sandler with it. So hot, 
want to touch the hiney. <laughs> I knew there was a hiney somewhere that I remember from my childhood. That's the one. That's the one. <laughs> but anyway, so where were we up to? I think the as the as the oh, yeah, so uh, TV but, but, crew but, showed yeah. up. Ah uh, no! So Bart, Bart throws down the photo of, um, of Bart and Lisa. Oh, that's right. To try and win him over, and he replaces it with the uh, with the daycare permit, daycare license. Oh, Homer. We come back from commercial, and uh, Homer <laughs> he's got his treehouse little ride, Millhouse there with with the dad joke. That was tremendous. <laughs> I always always appreciated the delivery of "I almost died" from Nancy Cartwright here <laughs> with Ralph. I almost died. <laughs> it's pretty. I, I I felt for. For Millhouse, though, sort of, you know, it's tremendous. It's not necessarily a bad gag, but you know, I would use it. Yeah, but yeah, I can see why it didn't play. Um, Homer's been nominated for a Good Guy Award. Marsh says he's contributed. Oh, the guy rocks up saying he's been he's from the Good Guy Awards. Marsh says he contributed by not objecting too much. Um, the film crew, they're, they're all ready to go. The snack table set up. I, I love the don't film this, <laughs> don't film. <laughs> which is exactly what I said to you when you said, "Hey, I've got lights, and you know we're going to uh, start putting stuff on YouTube. Don't film this. <laughs> Go get a stand-in. <laughs> you you could talk off screen and just have someone standing in front of the camera if you like. That's a good idea. Miming your every word. Yeah. Uh, get some handsome dude in. You're very handsome, sir. Don't worry. Oh. Lisa is kicked out of her room because it's now a hot set, um, and the Teamsters have taken over. Bart's room to have a nap, or as they put it, put it, resting their eyes. And this is the term that I use very often. Nick, I'm just going to rest my eyes for ten minutes. <laughs> wake up three. Wake up two hours later. <laughs> I hope you did it in growly teamster voice. We're just resting our eyes. Homer steps on Bart because he thought he was a pile of cables. Um, and we get the discussion about Homer's heart badges, who, which he says he made himself, but actually, well, through the magic of caring, it's actually Bart and Lisa. Mini mini sweatshop down in the basement. Yes. 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 So we um. We get here, Lisa's trying to uh, get back at home by cutting the edges a little crooked, but Bart has a more of a master plan to get things back to normal. Uh, and they're going to show the world what Homer's really like. So we're now at the Good Guy Awards. I've got to say this, Krusty Wright, he has his flaws, but he's a fucking good host. Oh, goodness, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he calls himself a professional, you know, learn from a professional kid. But, you know, he, I think he always pretty much gives 100%. Oh, I completely agree. Uh, he even starts off with the, tries to get the cheap pop. Is anyone here from Springfield? You know we are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the thing is, though, if you go to a concert or whatever, if you're if you're the artist, if you mention the town, you're set. They all, at oh, every, God. every gig you go to, you know, I've been to so many other towns in this tour, but this one is the greatest. Oh, well. <laughs> Thank you, Chris Isaac. <laughs> he sounds like he really means it this time. <laughs> The reason I mentioned Chris Isaac, by the way, I saw two shows that he did when he was in Victoria, like maybe 10 years ago, and one was in Melbourne and one was in Geelong, and he did exactly the same riffs for both. And I'm like, I know this is a world tour and all that kind of stuff. I know it's to be expected, but at the same time, I felt like, you know, um, Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz sort of peeking me on the curtain. Hey, wait a minute. You're not a wizard. You're just some dude. <laughs> you mean you do the same the same act day in day out? Oh yeah, I suppose you would. Okay, yeah. Carry on, Chris. <laughs> so we get uh, the biggest people pleaser award, which Skinner wins, but he's away having minor surgery. And there, was, there, was, there was like no gag there. It was just away having minor surgery. I thought we we're going to get something else, but we don't. Yeah. Then we get the fix of the webcast, the sponsor from uh, Hanson's Hypnosis Coins, and then Krusty is annoyed with the material. 
I, they're, they're doing this more and more often now. Mr. Teeny just flapping his arms around and having subtitles. Yeah. Thinks it's incredible that he wrote anything at all. And then we get your favorite moment. This year's winner of the Saint Who Walks Among Us Award. Please let me win this, Lord, because if you don't... Homer Simpson! Yes! Yay! All my love has come back in trophy form. Homer threatening God. You just appreciate that, right? I do indeed, because I, I threaten God on the regular, uh, but I, not as not as well as Homer does in that particular instance. Because if you don't... You've got to shake the fist when you say it too. I just did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, could, I could sense it through the microphone. <laughs> Bart and Lisa have now somehow taken over the video for Homer after winning the award, but it's like, how? Mm. Okay, how, yeah, I mean, how, how do they possibly do this? You're right. I mean, it does feel like an episode made up of three scripts that were a bit substandard. It's like, okay, let's take the best bits from each of those three and turn them into something. It's like, we're going to have certain plot holes as a result of that. Ah, look, the rest will be funny enough. Just, you know, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. So I think that's what happened. We probably, you know, there's probably a scene in the in Al Jean, one of Al Jean's original bits where it's like, and this is how they got into the projection room and edited the... Uh, their home movies into the uh, into the highlight reel or something along those lines. I don't know. May may have been, but you're right. But if we had that, then we could have the uh, hilarious scene of Homer stealing children. Fuck me. This was like a fucking out there ending, don't you think? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. yeah. Um, doesn't play, yeah, plays a little differently these days. I can see them right below me. I'm going to try to nail the driver with one of my shoes. Arnie, please leave this to the police. I'm sick of being a reporter. I want to make the news. Arnie, this is not the time. You're not the time, Kent. You're not the time. Where are we going, Mr. Simpson? I'll tell you where we're not going. Jail. Then you better turn. Uh Ah! (laughs) Uh-oh. He's jumping out of the car, Kent. He's trying to climb over the fence. Now he's realizing he's too fat. He's digging a hole like a dog. Now he's given up on that and he's running back and forth. He's climbing into a pipe and he seems to be stuck. His legs are dangling in a comical fashion. Oh, it's the saddest thing I've ever seen. Arnie, Arnie, how are the children? I can't see through metal, Kent. But, yeah, this Homer stealing the kids, I just thought, where the fuck are they going here? And then it just cuts to three mistrials later. I'm like, okay. So basically, they're like, we couldn't think of a way for Homer to get off from stealing children. So we're just going to have three mistrials and he, he's done. But the what was great is when he ran off with the kids, cut back to Krusty, awkward pause. The term soccer mum is thrown around these days. <laughs> like I said, Krusty's a professional. The show must go on. I did enjoy the, i tell you where we're not going. Jail. We might want to turn then. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, so yeah, so he's three mistrials later. Homer's scot free. He says that Bart and Lisa are going to be the only kids he thinks about. Oh, and Maggie. And then the family all yep. enjoy the snack table because the Teamsters have uh, not picked it up yet. Still ragging on the Homesters. To the, uh, sorry, the Teamsters to the very end. And I did like that they finally announced. Oh, they finally acknowledged. Oh, that's right. Maggie hasn't been in this episode at all. Yeah. She, uh, did we see her at all? Oh, was she was she with Marge when she went when Marge went to identify Uncle Lou or something or not I Uncle Lou was the case? Don't maybe? think so. Mm. I'm sure I'm sure she's in it somewhere. But anyway, um, yeah, like I said, for me, a bit of a mixed bag. I enjoyed more of it than not, and not that I didn't like any of it. Just some of it, I just sort of went, 
uh, you didn't really need to do that. You probably could have fleshed out the main story a bit more. Not having like the the, the, the Wolf Castle stuff just didn't work for me. I'm not saying it's bad, mm-hmm. it just didn't work for me. I thought there's other stuff you probably could have, like I said, fleshed out, added more substance to the main story. Like have more Homer being a good. Oh, this is the thing. So I wanted to discuss. So Homer is actually pretty good at running a daycare center. Well, the kids well, absolutely yeah, I mean, love him. I mean, he seems to very much care about the kids. I think he cares about the kids because they're sort of interested in his stories and him acting up more than anything else. Um, But yeah, I mean, he (laughs) very one every once in a while, Homer kind of finds his niche or he finds you know his groove. Yeah, um, I know. I don't know if he can sustain that groove, but uh, for a little while at least, it's kind of like oh, he's got it right. Makes you wonder if Bart and Lisa weren't in Homer's life, would he be a good person? Hmm. Kids, probably, who'd have probably, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you, your overall thoughts—you thought it was pretty solid. Oh yeah, look, it's it's a bit of a showbag episode, really. I mean, you you dive your hand in there, and occasionally you'll get uh, you know something neat, and occasionally you'll get a bit of a dud. But uh, no, I think for the most part, this was actually quite enjoyable. Some of my yeah, some really good, quotable, funny lines in there. And by the way, stick around to the very, very end for the Gracie because you get more of the the pokey and the man, and more of a Cosby riff. What did we learn, Palmer? So what did you learn, Mr. Davis, from Children of a Lesser Clod? Um, I learned that one should never confuse Christian rock with Chris Rock. Uh, that is true. <laughs> you get a lot of swears. You do. Uh, Mr. Rock has a new special on Netflix at the moment, sort of like a remix of one of his existing specials, I think. But uh, now with 10% added motherfucker. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> maybe it does. I mean, I, I haven't checked it out yet. I'm, I'm sort of behind on Chris Rock. I realise that he's kind of, of uh, recognised as one of the... Uh, you know, premier stand-ups of certainly the 21st century. And I really haven't seen a lot of his, uh, a lot of his stand-up stuff. I mean, it's something I should... It's a, it's a hole that I should probably fill. He's too busy living off that Madagascar money. Well, that's true. Yes, him and, him and David Schwimmer and Jada Pinkett. And who was the other one? Because there were uh, four animals. Uh, ben Stiller. Oh, that's right, yeah. Because for a while there was like Madagascar and the Ice Age movies were kind of running neck and neck. It's like, how many sequels can we sort of ring out of this one? I think Ice Age probably had the edge on that. I think they got to about five or so and Madagascar only had like three. I, I think there's six Ice Ages all up, I think. But oh, I'm not wow. too sure. But yeah, anyway, <laughs> um, what did I learn? Uh, oh, I did learn that you should never touch a, an open wound or heal over your hand. <laughs> That's a perfectly Just... good reason to touch it. Wouldn't you? <laughs> imagine, imagine what that would feel like. Oh, Ooh, I don't know. It sort of feel like you know. You know when you watch um, Home Alone two and Marv gets covered in pigeons, he just gets swarmed by them. Like I have this fear <laughs> of being swarmed by things, whether it be pigeons or even like ants or anything like that. Just an army of something just going. You are now ours. Like I just, it's just, <laughs> it's, just it's just a fear of mine. <laughs> but what about puppies? Puppies, I'm okay with. I have been yeah. swarmed by puppies, and puppies are okay until they start biting you. It's like. I know you haven't learnt yet, but just chill. Just chill. Just just, <laughs> just enjoy the love. <laughs> From this day forward, your name shall be... New names, Mr. Davis, for Children of a Lesser Clod. The current leaderboard stands at this for the Guy Davis New Name Championship. In third position, we have Alistair Danik on 14 points. In second position, we have a tie, 15 points each. Josh Hedge and Garode Harrahill. And in first position, once again, atop the leaderboard on 17 points is D.L. Gorman. Oh, the ever-mysterious D.L. Gorman. Probably not that mysterious, actually, D.L. Gorman. I mean, uh, I get the feeling if you talk to D.L., they would probably be like, eh, I'm just a regular, everyday person like you. Are you regular? 
Are you an everyday person, Mr. Davis? Uh, are any of us really? We're going to talk about that a little later when we start to review Soul, I think. The that is true, Pixar yes. Um, if you're not a Four Finger Discount patron, you're missing out. We just did a review on Soul, available now at patreon.com slash Four Finger Discount. But Mr. Davis, what are the new names this week? Indeed. Let's not get distracted. Let's get down to the real business. We had a lot of new names. I think uh, more than 70 people chimed in with their... With their uh, alternative titles, but uh, to to misquote Highlander, there can be only three, and uh, here's what they are. Uh, it one point goes to Top Gear Gilroyd Harahel. Ooh, um, he's just taken outright second position. Actually, oh yeah, no, he's on fifteen points. So yeah, outright second. Mm-hmm. What's Gray got? Go. He gave us Kindergarten Flop. That's great. Yeah, really like it. Well done. Not bad. Not bad. Now, uh, we mentioned that name earlier, but here is again D.L. Gorman oh. on two points, giving us the babysitter schlub. Well done, D.L. It's, it's, it's very close now. You see, D.L. is now three clear of second position and there's only one week left at the leaderboard. So, Garode, oh. it is up to you, sir. If you want to take first position, you must get the three points next week. Otherwise, D.L.'s taking it. Mm. It's one of those situations where I like to say anything could happen, but really not anything could happen. A few things could happen. So, <laughs> but, we'll, but we'll see what happens. But atop the, um, the championship uh, podium this time around, and it's a title that um, when it was actually name-checked, a lot of people said, oh, yeah, I was going to do that. Oh, you just beat me to it. Oh, oh, that's so good. I wish I thought of that. And the person they're talking about is Philip. Hawkins. Philip Hawkins. Well done, sir. And now seven points. Well done. The three points this time around for Daddy Docare. Ah, perfect. That's like the, the perfect title for this. Well done, Philip. It, it, so it's, yeah. Philip can't win this, but you know, seven points is nothing to uh, turn your nose up at. Well done. It is certainly nothing to sniff at. Fine work from Philip Hawkins. Fine work from everyone who uh, who chimed in and uh, added a little bit of their creativity to the overall scheme of things. But uh, those are the three points, uh, or the uh, the three top place setters for this edition of the Guy Davis New Names Championship. All right, so this means that Alistair Danik has now been knocked out of the top three. Only one behind. He's on 14 points. Josh Hedge... In third position, 15. Garoud in second on 16. And DL in first on 19 points. It's a tight race in that top four. Can Alistair Danny uh, creep back into the top three this week? We shall find out next week. Well, Mr. Davis, I believe it is now time we head over to our Twitter page to get some new names from our Twitter followers. Make sure you follow us at Four Finger Pod. Not a great deal come through this week, but we've got one here from at Shimpan Salter, Mike Salter. He says, the basketball diet knees. Uh, at Stu, so at Stuart Ritchie at 20, says Daddy Doma Daycare Center. Sam the Angel Fox, at Sam the Angel Fox, says from scab to fab. And finally, from our good friends over at Uncle Mo's Family Feedback Podcast, so at Tyler TMC, they say scabbing in the wind. Now, Mr. Davis, you are the new name man. What do you think of the new names this week from our beloved followers over on the, the Twitter? Very disappointing, Dana. No, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> They're all... What do you think I'm going to say? They're all marvellous. Um, yes, prizes, trophies, participation ribbons all around. Good stuff, people. Jamil! is here! Mailbag for children of a lesser clod. Okay, this first question here comes from Andrew Palacati. 
His question is, what's your favourite unexpected childcare movie? For example, Kindergarten Cop. Now, Kindergarten Cop is a movie I have not revisited in a long, long time, but it was always a favourite of mine when I was younger. Uh, does it hold up today or should I just avoid it? It's been a long time since I watched it uh, too, but I remember thinking it was sort of a weird mishmash of, um, of styles because, I mean... You know, you've got Arnold interacting with the kids and, you know, pulling out his weasel. Was it was it a weasel or a ferret? I think it's a ferret. Ah, uh, ferret, ferret, I think, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Pulling out his ferret and uh, showing it to the kids, which, you know, can get you in certain trouble. Um, yeah, but then, you know, it also throws in some pretty, not hardcore violence, but um, stuff that you wouldn't ex- necessarily expect from, you know, Arnold Teacher's Kindergarten's movie. I mean, it's... Uh, yeah, it gets a bit brutal towards the end there. Uh, I I quite enjoy Kindergarten Cop. I think it's um, I think it's a better. Arnold made like three comedies, not in a row, but uh, you know, in in pretty much in close succession in the late eighties and early nineties, there was Twins, uh, this one, and Junior. And Junior, uh, yeah, Junior's the one I've never seen. Yeah, I think I watched Junior once, and I'm like, I can pretty much go the rest of my life without seeing that again. Just okay. to, you know, I mean, the the, the legend around Twins is that um, either the producer or the screenwriter sort of went to, you know, the the pitch was Schwarzenegger, DeVito, twins. And they, they got bankrolled off that. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, it, well, that, that were the two of the biggest stars in the world at that point. It's no surprise. Well, that, that's true. And, I mean, that's a pretty, you know, it's a pretty rad concept. I mean, they probably had no script at all. But if you could go in and say, Arnold, Danny, twins. Oh, let's throw a bag full of money at you. How would you have done I mean, it again? <laughs> and, you know, like, Arnold gets pregnant. Yeah, it's like Arnold is the world's first pregnant man. It's like, yeah, that hasn't instantly got that sort of automatic appeal. But I'm just trying to envision, like, his manager pitching that to him. All right, so they got a new story for you, Arnold. You're going to get pregnant. I get what? <laughs> I'm the one who makes people pregnant. <laughs> so, um, and, and he really does. But um, I think Kindergarten Cop is the best out of those three. And I think it certainly showcases Arnold's comic abilities to their best effect. I mean, I think he, he's he was still sort of working it out, but he's actually quite charming. He's good with the kids. You know, you, you tell that he's very game He's very sort of uh, willing to sort of do anything for a bit of a laugh. And yeah, I, I, I like Kindergarten Cop a lot. I mean, it's one I should revisit. And it kind of spawned a bit of a genre in terms of, or a bit of a subgenre in terms of tough guys doing a bit of a pivot, interacting with kids to show that they've got a soft side. Uh, soft side. I mean, Vin Diesel did it with The yeah, Pacifier. Pacifier. Yep. Yeah, uh, the Rock did it more than once. I mean, he had a movie called The Game Plan where he's like this star footballer who you know, discovered he had like an 11-year-old daughter or something. And he also did the Tooth Fairy, you know, where he discovered that he was the Tooth Fairy. Um, Jackie Chan made The Spy Next Door, which I think is kind of similar. And more recently, uh, you had uh, Dave Bautista from um, Guardians of the Galaxy in a movie called My Spy, which I haven't seen yet. But I mean, it's, uh, I think it's, you know, Bautista is like a tough guy who ends up uh, as like an unofficial babysitter slash sidekick to this spunky little girl or something so um yeah there's a whole there's a whole range of those type of movies and um i think as andrew points out or someone points out in andrew's comment there's a kindergarten cop sequel with dolph lundgren uh which no shit really yeah i got i I got better things to do with my time in all honesty i like dolph lundgren but yeah that kind of looks cheap and nasty so I'll, i'll pass on that one but my I've got two favourite unexpected um, childcare movies. Can, 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 I just is... say, can I just say mine first so you don't, in case you steal it? 
Oh, of course, man. Go right ahead. Sorry. So I've, I've I've just, I've just had, I was just thinking of one then, in case I forget about it, actually. It's Aliens. Oh, very good point. Because she picks up that little girl and the whole movie is just her basically ensuring this little girl doesn't die. <laughs> That's true, yeah. I mean, yeah, she's the best, uh, the best babysitter there is. You know, I mean, uh, yeah, protecting uh, little Newt from all matter of xenomorphs and, you know, and that evil Paul Reiser who, you know, mm. wants to... Uh, who's willing to sell everybody out. Yeah, that's a good call, Dana. What about your two? What have you got for us? Um, one I like is the original Bad News Bears. Oh, yes. Okay, yeah. Uh, not, the yeah Billy, is, not the Billy Bob Thornton one. Not the Billy Bob Thornton one, which actually I haven't seen. Um, but the the original one from the 70s, it's very 70s in that, um, yeah, it wouldn't pass the OHS test today. I mean, the, the gist of the bad news bears is you've got this uh, sort of ragtag team of kids from the wrong side of the tracks who uh, you know, come together and form this baseball team, and they're overseen uh, by this guy who was either a former coach or a former player. Now he's just a sort of a drunken misanthrope played by the patron saint of drunken misanthropes, Walter Matthau. Um, <laughs> the, the inspiration for Homer Simpson. Indeed, yeah, and he played Mr. Wilson in the Dennis the Menace movie and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But, you know, here he's this kind of, he's he's always got an open beer, you know, he's cursing around the kids. This, As I said, it's a very 70s movie. You've got a lot of, uh, let's say, politically incorrect speech from the, uh, from the kids and the grown-ups. But... It's got a valuable. Le- it's got valuable lessons about teamwork, about self-respect, about uh, being a good winner and a good loser. It's it's a it's a terrific movie. Bad News Bears and uh, one that's got a little more heart and soul than its sort of abrasive uh, <laughs> service may uh, may suggest. So yeah, that's a really good one. And this is an the other, my other is a bit of an unsung or um, underrated movie called Sling Blade. From the, never heard uh, of it. From the late 1990s, and but this does star Billy Bob Thornton, and was actually written by him, uh, and it kind of it's kind of what got him on the scene because he was a bit of a jobbing actor, you know, not really his career wasn't yeah really taking off all that well, and I think someone suggested to him, you know, look, you're a character guy, you're not going to sort of get cast on your looks necessarily, you're going to have to write your way in, um, or a one man show that was quite successful and then turned into a movie, and it's uh, about. Well, Thornton plays this guy, I, in, in the old terms, you'd call him a simpleton, I think, or, but, you know, he's uh, sort of this uh, wrong, not wrong side of the tracks, but uh, very, you know, raised poor, raised in just a terrible household and all that, and he, I believe he killed his stepfather with this thing, his abusive stepfather with this thing they call a, a sling blade. And he's been in this institution for goodness knows how long, but they finally let him out, um, and he forms this relationship, this uh, friendship with this small boy who's from an abuse uh, in, he's uh, living with his single mum and the mum's got a new boyfriend who's a real prick and he's taking it out on the boy and things get a bit dark, but they also, there's also just moments of great tenderness and affection and sensitivity in it. I mean, I remember seeing it when I was reviewing movies back in, this is about in May 97 or 98. And I just came out of it just an absolute weeping mess because there's a lot of just really thoughtful and moving stuff in it. So, um, and again, from a very sort of uh, unexpected direction. So, yeah, Sling Blade is is one that I recommend if you can find it anywhere. I mean, you know, there are so many streaming services and so many ways to find things these days. But you know, some movies do slip under the radar, and this might be one of them. But certainly, well worth tracking down. Dave Abbotsworth asks us: Do kids like us? 
<laughs> Does he mean do they like the show? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I I hope my kids like us. I don't. Elliot doesn't like me when I take his cars away or if I don't let him play Crash Bandicoot. I don't like it when you do that to me either. When you're saying, <laughs> "Come on, guys, it's time to record," I'm like, eh, "Come on, man." <laughs> I've finished uh, this level yet. What about you? Are you are you good with kids? I am actually. I mean. I don't think it's sort of bragging or say, no, I, I like kids and I think kids like me. I've, I've, I've had a lot of, <laughs> a lot of people say this to me. I mean, in terms of like, you know, members of my family and, and family friends were like, oh, you're so good with kids. I mean, I'm kind of like unofficial uncle guy because I don't have kids of my own. And, you know, I've got friends, kids who call me uncle guy and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know. I think I'm doing okay with the lovely Louise's kids so far. They don't seem to have, uh, you know... <laughs> I don't think they've planted any seeds of doubt with their mum about me just yet, so we'll see what happens. But no, I think I'm I think I'm okay with kids. Are you good with kids because you know that you can give them back? Yes, I think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm good to the, good with kids to the point where I should have any of my own or open a daycare centre of my own. And final question for Children of Lesser Claude, the mailbag, is from Pat Wright. And the question this week is, what's the most gruesome injury you've seen related to sports? Have you? Do you have uh, any particulars that sort of leap out at you, Dando? One of the first ones that I can recall seeing that almost made me throw up was there was an AFL footballer called Nathan Brown. Mm-hmm. It would have been about 2004, I want to say. And he was just going to pick up a ball and the player sort of like tackled him, I believe, and like landed on his leg and snapped so from the from the knee down, like snapped his shin, like down there, oh. or maybe it was a little bit higher than that. I don't know. But when he that they they zoomed in on it, basically not sort of realizing what had happened. But he's looking at his leg, and if you just imagine putting your right leg out or your left leg out, it was pointing outwards from the yeah. knee down. <laughs> it was not good. It was horrifying. Yeah, in just what, what's the name of the bone? What's your shin bone? Is that your tibia? Tibia, it was ibia of some kind. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a tibia or a fibia. <laughs> yeah, I think fibia is. I think fibia is up the top near in your thigh. Yeah, that would be right because yeah, that's where your femoral artery is. So yeah, yeah, I think that's right. I think yeah, I think your femur bone is in your thigh. I think your tibia is around your shin. And yeah, mm. I, this this was just gone. Yeah, it seems so awfully fragile because um, yeah, that's the one that sprang to mind for me. I don't think I've ever seen any real gruesome sports injuries live. But uh, yeah, one that uh, well, that was really live s- when I watched it on the on the field. Oh, no, it wasn't at the game. I should say I watched. I was watching mm-hmm. it live on television. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, that's one that sort of leaps out for me. Is uh, you might want to Google a guy named Joe Theismann. Do you want to or not? <laughs> Depends on your uh, yeah, how strong your stomach is. Because I mean, it's actually not. It's actually not that bad. I mean, well, it's not great. I mean, you have to have a bit of imagination, but it's like, ooh. But uh, Theismann was a guy who played for the Washington Redskins in the 1980s. Um, his career was going great. Uh, he was, you know, he's approaching the tail end of it, but he still, he still had a bit of a, a bit left in the tank until he ran afoul of a gentleman named Lawrence Taylor, who... Um, ooh, Lawrence Taylor. I believe he went to WWF for a while. Oh, Possibly after this, because uh, yeah, he tackles uh, Mr. Theismann and yeah, does a Nathan Brown on his shin, and you can basically see that shit just turn into a right angle. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, and it's it's on YouTube. I just looked at it a little while ago, and um, yeah, you can't actually hear the snap (laughs) on the on the uh, on the footage, but you can hear it in your head. 
Yeah, not good. All right. Well, thank you for that question, Pat. Thank you for leaving us on such a positive note. (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you guys for sending in your questions. Don't forget, you can also send in questions to mailbag at fourfigurediscount.com.au and we'll get around to answering those ones as well as they come in. Next week, Mr. Davis, we're reviewing the finale of season 12. We've made it all the way through. The season is just about over. Yeah. It's 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 like people at the end of 2020 saying we made it through all the way through 2020. Yeah, things can only get better. It's like yeah, we got season 13 after this. <laughs> we got yeah, we got episode 21 next week. It's called Simpsons Tall Tales. Uh, that's basically sort of like a um, Treehouse of Horror. It's but it's not Halloween. It's based on the Simpsons doing their own versions of classic American tales. So three short stories. Mm. Oh, it's not going to be a usual Simpsons episode, but something different to end the season on. And also, Guy and I were just discussing off the air before we started recording that at the end of this season as well, we're going to go back through all the mailbags for the for the episodes uh, in the Patreon group and pick out some of the questions that we didn't answer and just do a mailbag dedicated episode to wrap up the season recap as well. So that's something to look forward to in the next couple of weeks. But next week, Simpsons Tall Tales. Thank you so much to everyone for your ongoing support, uh, whether it be by just listening to the show or through Patreon. Uh, you can get a bunch of exclusive podcasts, including this show a week early. Uh, Take a look at Mandalorian season two is now complete, all up there as well. We got ta- uh, talking Seinfeld, and uh, we just as we mentioned earlier, Mister Davis, our review of Soul has just gone up on the Patreon as well. Just go to Patreon.com/slash/FourFigureDiscount. Links in the description of this podcast, easy to find. It's going to be a two dollar plus patron where you also get access into the Four Figure Discount exclusive Facebook group. But for oh. now, Mister Davis, any final words for our amazing listeners? I can't see through metal, Dando. Shh.